Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to be ranking our most anticipated movies of 2022 in a writer's room special. This is Slash Film editorial director Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film chief film critic Chris Evangelista. Hello. I'm sorry. We're so rusty. Hello. <laughs> and Slash Film editors Jacob Paul. Hello, hello. Y-Tran Bowie. Hey, everyone. Brad Homan. Hey, that's me. And Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? So I'm going to hand over the ranks to who's going to be running the, the show. Ben, are you going to be running it this year? Uh, sure, yeah. I guess I, I sort of tried to compile all of our um, selections and everything here. Jacob has previously run this in the past. So Jacob, if you have anything that you want to say or, or take over, we could run this jointly. However it works out, that's totally fine. I am more than happy to tag team this Ben with you and I passing the baton back and forth, depending on whether they need a Jacob or a Ben in a given situation. <laughs> okay, so I guess real quick to just to uh, to clarify, we actually did not do a most anticipated movies of 2021 podcast at the end of 2020 because most of the movies that we had done for the 2020 list ended up getting delayed into 2021. So the list was basically the same two years in a row. 
but now, obviously, a bunch more things have come out. Um, we're in the face of a, a new COVID variant right now. So some of the things that we may talk about on today's episode could very easily be pushed into 2023. So, you know, caveat, caveat, caveat. Uh, but yeah, that, that's sort of where we are. So I'm glad to be back in a, a huge group writer's room episode with you guys. And um, Jacob, do you have anything else before we dive right into it? Uh, I want to start with movies that suck, that aren't going to make our list at all. And people will email <laughs> us and say, why wasn't it on your list? So we should get this out of the way right now, I think, Ben. <laughs> Just run a list of the movies that literally nobody voted for nobody even wanted to contend with just we should just knock them out real quick yeah so these are the ones that we we think maybe could do decent box office numbers or at least like generate some conversation in certain corners but uh for us right here at team slash film we just are not really super interested in these movies so these films are morbius the new uh jared leto vampire movie that's coming from sony and marvel very soon you mean nobody wants to see that Jared Leto is a living vampire, <laughs> a.k.a. the C-list Spider-Man villain nobody gives a crap about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not a big surprise there. Um, Uncharted, the video, the long, long-delayed video game movie that's been in the works and had like six or seven different directors or something at this point. Uh, it's finally coming out, but it, it looks a little bit underwhelming, and I say that as a big Uncharted video game fan. I will only watch this if they provide free Wahlburgers alongside screenings. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Downton Abbey, A New Era, the first movie did like surprisingly well at the box office. So I'm guessing there's a, a contingent of fandom out there that may be wondering why we're not going to mention this. And it's just it's doesn't for, really. It's a movie for moms. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Moms deserve movies too, but none of us are moms yet. Yes. One day one day we might be. One day, <laughs> one day I shall be a mother. Yes, one day we'll all be mothers. But for <laughs> now. <laughs> And I will love and enjoy Downton Abbey, A New Era, which, like, by all accounts, the last movie is pretty good, but it's just not in our wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fantastic Beats, Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, or Secrets. Dumbledore has multiple secrets, guys. Uh, no, Nobody here really cares I, I about I almost these wanted to put this on the list. I, like, almost put my name next to it because this one doesn't have Johnny Depp. It, like... Seems like it's going more in for the Harry Potter mythology, but I just didn't like either of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. you've been burned. They're bad. They're They're bad bad it's boring, boring and bad. Which is the worst, <laughs> which is even worse than bad because you can't even enjoy it kind of bad. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, DC League of Super Pets, an animated movie about like Superman and Batman's dogs hanging out I mean, or something. That, that could be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. not, like, I'm not yeah, I'm not gonna see that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like this was one where like I almost put my initial next to it because I don't think it looks terrible. I'm just not like over the moon for it or anything like that. It looks like it could be fun. Right. I'm, I'm just over Dwayne Johnson voicing every animated character. I mean, I when they announced him as Crypto, Superman's dog, I was like, that's the most boring thing imaginable. They should have, they should have cast somebody infinitely more interesting. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Same brain. Well, we'll come back around to uh, Chris Pratt later in this episode, I'm sure. Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. That's another movie that's probably going to make, you know, a billion dollars, COVID notwithstanding. Like um, the, tenth, the tenth Minions movie or something like yeah. that? Yeah, who knows? Uh, we don't we don't like minions because one, we are not children. Two, we are not ultra right wing Facebook users. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. They've wait, wait a second. They have. I, I yeah. didn't even know that. It's yeah, really they've, they've yeah they've repurposed like minions to like be in like weird right wing memes. <laughs> Oh. Uh, okay, so uh, I don't think Puss in Boots, The Last Wish has been co-opted by any political group, which I guess not is yet. good news not for yet. that movie. Let's just give, give him a chance. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. Give him a chance, uh, not going to lie. Not, 
QAnon loves Puss in Boots. <laughs> I had no idea this movie existed until I saw it on this list. I, I did not either, Brad. Um, but, you know, it's a family movie. It's animated. And uh, with the way that Hollywood sort of is shaping up right now, it's like basically anything that's going to perform well in theaters is going to be like something that has to get a lot of people out and, and excited. And maybe a big family movie like this might be here. So I just put it on this list and in, in the you know, as a potential option for something that could be big that we don't really care about. You know, I'm happy that Antonio Banderas is getting his paycheck. Okay. Is he still doing a voice for this? Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, good for him. Uh, well, I want to offer a quick, I want to offer a very quick aside because I, I this is gonna be a very long podcast. I think we all use a good chuckle to get warmed up. My niece loves Puss in Boots, loves it so much. She demands I watch it every single day. And that and a YouTube video of a bunch of puppies playing in a dog in a, in a, in a ball pit are her favorite things to watch. So she would frequently demand to walk into my uh, sister-in-law's uh, bedroom and demand, Puss in Balls! Puss in Balls! <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Moving on. Excellent, excellent stuff. Okay, so then the last one here is I believe coming uh, directly to Disney Plus, but I know that this one has a lot of people to care about it, and that is Hocus Pocus 2, because uh, that movie, for some reason, has become a cult classic, even though it's not very good. So we can just move on from that, and no one can oh, react wow, to what I say wow. there. So. I, lo- I love the original, Ben, but I, but I have almost no faith in the sequel. Yeah, so even even if Peter, uh, who loved the original, doesn't really have a ton of faith, then you the can original, see why the original we're not has a nice it. Uh, it has a nice atmosphere. It has, it has, it has a nice Halloween. Yeah, it has a nice Halloweeny atmosphere, but yeah. it's not a good movie. I would say. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's not even that, as someone who would be like the most likely to be in the demographic of Hocus Pocus lovers. I think it's perfectly fine and like a very uh, harmless Halloween watch, basically. Okay, so I guess before we get into the movies that have universal support, there's one other category that you wanted to talk about here, Jacob, right? Yeah, movies we've seen already. We can't make a most anticipated list and put movies on that people on the staff have seen, in some cases reviewed. So these are movies that we sometimes really recommend, sometimes maybe are iffy on. We'll get to that in a second. These are movies that will not make our list purely because we can't anticipate something that we've already seen. (laughs) And I'll I'll start off with Scott Derrickson's uh, The Black Phone, the new horror movie from Blumhouse. Uh, reteams him with uh, C. Robert Cargill, who wrote, who wrote Sinister with with Erickson. I saw it a few months ago at Fantastic Fest. It was originally scheduled to arrive early next year. Now it's arriving next summer. It's really good. It's a really spooky, well-acted, uh, contained little horror movie with a terrific Ethan Hawke performance and some great kid performances. I really highly recommend Black Phone. Uh, but I've seen it. We have a review of it on the site. Uh, lots of people have reviews of it on their website. So we, we can't put it on our anticipated list because we can't anticipate something that we've already reviewed on the website. Uh, HC, you had one on here that you've already seen, right? Yes. I have a movie called Bell. It's the new animated film from Mamoru Hosoda, who uh, directed films such as Mirai, The Boy and the Beast, uh, Wolf Children, the Digimon movie and uh, Summer Wars and other films just like that. Uh, one of my favorite films as well, uh, The Girl Who Left Through Time. And this is a movie that I've seen and absolutely adored. I have an interview with Mamoru Hosoda actually coming out on the site sometime soon. But uh, it's just this dazzling piece of animation that uh, digs into relationships with social media and technology as well as different shades and layers of of love and unconditional love. And I think it's a really fabulous film that 
you should all put on your radars, uh, even though it is an anime film um, and may not be completely up your alley, but uh, really, really gorgeous film and a semi-retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but not exactly. It's not, it doesn't go in any of the way that you would expect. So um, that's Belle and I highly, highly recommend it. Okay, so Chris, you were just telling us before we started recording that last night you watched a movie called The Worst Person in the World that um, has ended up on a lot of people's lists this year, even though it's getting a release in, I think, February of 2022. Do you want to just briefly tell people what that is? Uh, yeah, this is a movie. It's about a uh, young woman who is directionless, and uh, it's it's you know it's kind of like a quirky comedy that follows her over a period of time. It's told in, in chapters, so it's not like one linear narrative. It's like the closest thing I could compare it to is kind of like Francis Ha. That's if you've seen that, it's kind of like that. And uh, this is fine. I, I'm, I'm an outlier here because every, uh, like Ben said, a lot of people are putting this on their, their bests of 2021 lists. And I honestly thought it was just perfectly fine. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just, it's not going to end up on my list. I'll put it that way, but it's, it's, it's a good movie. It's just not great. And, but again, I'm in the minority there. People seem to think this is like fantastic. So don't take my word for it. Seek it out yourself. Uh, and then there's one that I put on here. It's called A Hero. Has anybody else here seen this? I haven't spoken with you guys. I got a it. screener for it. I'm probably going to watch it tonight or tomorrow because I hear it's great, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Yeah, I've heard really good. I've edited some articles about it and it really piqued my interest. So this is the new movie from Asghar Farhadi, uh, Farhadi and uh, I'll just read the synopsis from IMDb. It says, Rahim is in prison because of a debt he was unable to repay. During a two-day leave, he tries to convince his creditor to withdraw his complaint against the payment of part of the sum, but things don't go as planned. Um, that description is a little vague, but I think it's, I, I've seen the movie and I think it's vague on purpose because the sort of magic of the movie is just watching exactly how these things don't go as planned, uh, watching that unfold. And I think it's a, a really, really sharp movie that is uh, has really terrific performances. And um, it, it's one of those movies that just feels like this is a film made for adults uh, about like uh, interesting adult topics that, um, that yeah, I, I would just highly encourage anybody to check this out when it comes uh, out in your area. I'm not sure exactly what the release schedule is, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it played at the Cannes Film Festival and and is probably going to end up on a lot of people's uh, best of the year uh, 2021 list. But I think it officially opens and I think it's coming to Amazon, um, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next next year. Um, so that is called A Hero. Um, all right. Uh, Jacob, do you want to run through the movies that we have all um, voted for? We, we sort of, you know, ran through. I, I tried to go through a bunch of different sources online of like every movie that's coming out in 2022. Of course, there are going to be some that probably slipped through the cracks that we just didn't have on our list and totally blanked on. But I, I think I got a bunch of the big ones here and um, we listed them all out. And then all of us put our initials next to them to indicate interest. And I've sort of ranked all of these based on our interest. And we have what looks like 11 movies that all of us support in some way. So um, should we just like go through these? What do you think, Jake? Yeah, what what I'll do is I'll, I'll take control of this list and I'll assign people to explain why this movie <laughs> made our list. Uh, as Ben said, we have eleven here that everybody agreed, everybody on on this podcast agreed needs to be on the list. Uh, so that means that we'll be battling out for fourteen more slots after this. But these are the ones that everybody said, "Yep, that's the one." And the first one on this list, these are not ranked yet, uh, but the, the first of these is one that. I think he's on this list for pretty obvious reasons. Uh, Chris, do you want to explain why Matt Reeves is the Batman? 
is making our list. It looks really cool. And I know that's like a sim- simplistic thing, but that's really one of the reasons. I know I know we've had so many Batman movies. Uh, and I, I know like there's there's a part of many of us, even me, who thinks like, Jesus Christ, the last thing we need is yet another Batman reboot. But so far, the, the trailers released for this uh, have, have looked really damn good. It looks like a really... Uh, kind of grungy serial killer thriller that just happens to have Batman in it. And it's kind of similar to what Christopher Nolan did with uh, how the Dark Knight looked like, you know, heat with Batman in it. And I really think that's a, a great approach to these sorts of movies where, you know, you, you sort of graph them onto a different sort of genre. And uh, the other day we ran a story about how uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman is sort of inspired by Kurt Cobain, specifically the Kurt Cobain presented in Gus Van Zandt's Last Days. And if you've seen that, that movie is basically about, uh, you know, a Kurt Cobain kind of figure who is alone in his big empty mansion and he's just slowly unraveling. And the idea of, you know, this sort of like out of his mind loner Batman is is kind of different than what we've gotten in recent Bat films. So everything about this just looks really interesting to me despite itself. And I think that's kind of why it's also on my list. Cause every, every fiber in my body is sort of like, we don't need this, but everything I see about the movie just gets me more and more excited. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. All right. Uh, I'll take the next one on the list because this is my, 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 very much my jam. That is a John wick four, currently untitled John wick chapter four, where a subtitle, they'll probably end up giving it like parabellum with three. I'm still not over John wick. I think these movies are just a perfect showcase of Keanu Reeves as a performer, for Chad Stileski as an action filmmaker, for that entire stunt team. It's an opportunity for the coolest character actors and often overlooked uh, you know, action people to come together in a universe, in a world that feels so coherent and cohesive. It feels... Uh, we're all about cinematic universes these days, you know, with Marvel and DC, but I'd argue that John Wick cinematic universe is the most consistent, interesting, colorful, and alive cinematic universe out there and i just love how these movies feel how they look i love how they make perfect use of all their actors not just keanu but everybody who shows up feels perfectly cast in a way to in a way that you they show up on screen you you, you realize oh yeah uh you're played by Lawrence fishburne you're you're played by you're played by ian mcshane i know what's up and i just there are for my money no more entertaining action movies of the past 20 years. I mean, I think John Wick 1 through 3 masterpieces a lot of them. And 4 is the same team. And maybe at some point to be diminishing returns. At some point, John Wick's going to stop being great. But I'm not going to, you know, bet against John Wick Chapter 4 right now. So. All right, next on this, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. And I think Brad should speak to this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's no better reason to be excited about Thor Love and Thunder aside from the fact that Taika Waititi is coming back to direct after... Uh, really revamping Thor and Thor Ragnarok, injecting a lot of comedy into the franchise, uh, really leaning into some of the more psychedelic sci-fi aspects with a lot of Jack Kirby inspiration from the old Marvel comics. And I think that Thor has become one of the the, the best characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. His, his arc has really uh, taken some interesting turns um, for being a character who doesn't really have that strong of a film franchise as a whole. I think uh, he's become infinitely more interesting since Taika took over the character. Um, his role in, in uh, Infinity War and Endgame uh, only upped the ante even more for him. And I'm really excited to see Natalie Portman uh, pick up the hammer and take on the mantle of the Mighty Thor as well. So 
it's going to be an interesting uh, sequel to see what happens. The Guardians of the Galaxy are also part of this one. So there's, there's a lot to be uh, excited about here. All right. Next up is a Don't Worry Darling. I think maybe the the least famous title to make our locked-in list. Uh, HD, why should people be excited about Don't Worry Darling? So Don't Worry, Dar- Don't Worry Darling is the next film from Olivia Wilde, who made a huge splash with her feature directorial debut, Booksmart, and is now uh, gathering this really star-studded cast for a psychological thriller film uh, written by Kate Silverman, or Katie Silverman. Uh, it stars Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, and I'm just super intrigued. We don't really know much about this apart from the genre and apart from the star-studded cast. We've seen a very, very short clip of Harry Styles and Florence Pugh making out furiously which is already very tantalizing uh olivia wilde has said a couple things about how she wants to emphasize female um pleasure which is also very exciting (laughs) and uh i think it has to do um, if i recall florence Pugh is playing a housewife of some sort it's set in i believe uh um, 1950s, yes. So Florence Pugh is a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community that begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding some disturbing secrets. So intriguing, uh, exciting cast. I And, you know, it's so interesting to see Olivia Wilde going in this direction after Booksmart, which is very much, which was just a, such a, a enjoyable, subversive, coming-of-age uh raunchy comedy and this seems like such a 180 and i really really want to see where she goes with this and um with such a cast as this so yeah don't worry darling very exciting and very intriguing and very mysterious film thus far and i think we can all say that we're big fans of whatever florence Pugh does so i think that this is a a a shoe-in for this list also locked in mission impossible 7 and ben i think you're the guy for this one Oh, I mean, you know, we all love the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, what's not to love about Tom Cruise just putting himself in increasingly dangerous scenarios uh, for our sheer entertainment? Um, this, you know, Christopher McQuarrie is back. He is like, he's one of those guys that um, makes uh, action movies the quote unquote wrong way, where he's like writing stuff on the fly and, you know, shooting things completely out of order and in ways that uh, he has no idea how they're going to link in with what comes later. And like everything that he does on paper seems like a giant red flag, but somehow he is able to pull it off. He's done it over and over again in these mission possible films. And I think fallout was, you know, if not the best, then certainly in the upper echelon of mission impossible films released so far. Um, So, you know, he's certainly showing no signs of slowing down. And uh, this movie is going to be is basically being filmed essentially back to back. I mean, I think there, there's a small break between this and the upcoming Mission Impossible Eight. So, like, we know that this is not going to be the final one. It's it's definitely going to be you know just kind of kick the the uh, action element back up. You've got like Henry Zerny is coming back, so I'm excited about that. You've got Carrie Elways and Mark Gatiss and like a ton of other people uh, alongside Cruz and Ving Rhames and, and Simon Pegg and Rebecca Ferguson and the sort of typical faces that you would come to expect from this franchise. So um, yeah, I mean, what I don't, I don't know exactly what the uh, the big stunt or stunts are going to be from this film yet because I don't think anything official has been released, but 
Uh, they, did, they did drive a train off a cliff. So yeah, be and I think oh, there oh. were some some uh, paparazzi photos of Tom Cruise like hanging out on the wing of a biplane or something like that. I'm I'm not sure if those are confirmed. If that was confirmed to be him, but whatever happens, the day that the trailer for Mission Impossible Seven is released, uh, Slash Film is just going to be like dancing in the streets. So <laughs> we're really excited about this one. Uh, speaking of dancing in the streets, uh, Peter, I think you're the guy for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yes, the first film a couple years ago was my favorite film of the year. Lord and Miller just knocked it out of the park. Uh, it looked so fresh, so new. It was so funny. And this one is the first of uh, a two-part series. Uh, we don't really know too much about it. We know that Spider-Man uh, 2099 is going to be involved and they're going to go across the Spider-Verse. So we're not just going to see Peter's world or I mean, sorry, Miles world. Uh, and it seems like different artists have designed the different worlds. So everything looks different and uh, so colorful. And like the clip we saw from a recent Comic-Con, like it, it showed part of like India and it looks so so much different than I, I could have ever imagined. I'm just so excited for this. And I'm excited that it's a two-parter that we're going to get the next part next uh, of the year, the following year, 2023, if everything works out, fingers crossed. Uh, but it, it looks amazing. All right, uh, next one. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised we were all in on this one. It's such a, it feels like such an outlandish project, but I guess we're all <laughs> at least curious. Uh, Brad, can you tell us about The Flash? Yeah, I mean, so obviously we're not super all in on the DC Extended Universe because of what Zack Snyder did to it. But the Flash movie has the enticing prospect of bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman with the Flashpoint time travel plot from DC Comics. So that's enough right there to be interested in this movie because we get to see Michael Keaton back in the Batsuit. Uh, there's supposed to be multiple Flash in this movie. They're introducing uh, a new Supergirl. So there's a lot that's going to be going on here. And I think that more out of anything, I think we're all just curious to see how this works, especially in the wake of uh, what Spider-Man No Way Home has done. I think this is going to be something that a lot of fans are going to be excited about. I'm sorry. The reason that I voted for this is just because I love Michael Keaton as Batman so much. I'm a big old slut for Batman. I'm really excited for <laughs> Michael Keaton. Uh. Yeah, I can, I can honestly... I could care less about the Flash, but the idea of Michael Keaton coming back is so exciting. HG, you need a shirt that says "I'm a big old slut for Batman." <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put that out to the the internet world. All right, uh, how about uh, Ben? How do you take on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? I mean, Ryan Coogler is like he doesn't miss as a director, um, so he's coming back, and he's he obviously directed the first Black Panther movie from 2018, which was like a giant worldwide phenomenon. Um, we don't know really almost anything about this movie. Um, we don't even know who's going to be like taking on the mantle of Black Panther since Chadwick Boseman died. Uh, and they, they, Marvel has chosen uh, not to recast the role of T'Challa that he played in that film. So um, there's a lot of question marks about what this movie is, but the thing that uh, I don't think anybody questions is the amount of talent that is involved in this project. I mean, you've still got like a ton of the people who were in the first movie coming back. So Lupita Nyong'o, um, Denai Guerrero, uh, uh, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, um, Martin Freeman even. Uh, you've got Letizia Wright, who's become a little bit more of a uh, controversial personality in, in recent uh, months. But she's going to be back as Shuri, which is a character a lot of people love first time around. Michaela Cole is going to be in this. She was in um, I May Destroy You on HBO and sort of like uh, took the world by storm when, when that show came out. And so her joining this cast is really exciting. Um, 
And then I think uh, Dominique Thorne is going to be playing Riri Williams slash Ironheart. And she's going to be a character that's going to have her own Disney Plus show. So there's a lot of, as you would expect, tie-ins to the other, the grander Marvel saga that's taking place uh, across the, the films and movies. But um, for me, I, I think it starts and ends with uh, Ryan Coogler in, in the director's chair for this one. Uh, speaking of Ryan Coogler, or rather franchises he kickstarted, but is no longer back for, Creed 3, uh, HT, why should we be excited for Creed 3? I mean, the Creed movies are great. Even with the more underwhelming Creed 2, which I actually quite liked because it really, in an interesting way, interrogated uh, ideas of black masculinity and what it means. Um, it's a much quieter film, even though it's not as successful and sort of rip-roaring as the first Creed, which I think is a pretty perfect sports film. And one of the more perfect legacy sequels, which brings back a franchise, but through the POV uh, of a newer, fresher character. Uh, but Creed 3 will be directed by Michael B. Jordan, uh, which is already very interesting because he has been starring as Creed for the past two installments, and now he'll be taking the directorial reins. And um, we have a lot of interest in what will be happening in Creed 3. Um, Sylvester Stallone will not be appearing in this film. Um, it will uh, generally... Be I'm not sure we know much about it so far. Um, we know Jonathan Majors is in it, so Jonathan, that's exciting. Jonathan Majors is in, it, is in it. That's true, and his star has been on the rise over the past year in a really exciting way. He's only been taking really good, meaty uh, roles and just wowing us ever since. I remember watching him as the last in the Last Batman in San Francisco and being completely bowled over by his performance in there. And that was just a small indie film, and he was a supporting player in that. Um, but after that, he just kind of blew up. And I'm really excited to see him do so many big things. Uh, he's going to be in Marvel, of course, having appeared in Loki as um, Kang the Destroyer. and uh, Conqueror. Con Kang before, the Conqueror. Before, okay. before, before we get emails, Conqueror. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention that much. <laughs> You know, I, I, I still want you. I still want us to get emails about this. I don't want to get those emails. Right. The I, Conqueror, I get those emails directly sorry, now. Comic book nerds, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, King the Conqueror, and uh, now he's going to be in Creed three. And uh, yeah, it's just um, excited to see how he'll what he'll do in this film and who Adonis will be facing off against and what the Creed movies will be without um, Rocky in it. Yeah, I, I, before we move on, I just want to say that I my my, my wires had crossed, and when you said the last black man in San Francisco, H.G., I thought you said the last Batman in San Francisco. <laughs> I got very very excited for a second about the last Batman in San Francisco. That'd be a very different movie. Uh, Chris, uh, the Fablemans, the new Spielberg joint. Yes, yeah, so this is a new Spielberg movie coming out next year, and uh, it's it's very special because it's going to be. Uh, directly inspired by Spielberg's childhood. You know, he's made personal movies before, like E.T. and stuff like that. And all of his movies sort of draw on his own personal experiences a little bit. But this is like directly inspired by uh, him growing up in suburban Arizona. And it has him working with Tony Kushner again. Uh, Tony Kushner is, uh, has become like one of his best collaborators. He wrote uh, Munich and he wrote Lincoln and he, he wrote uh, West Side Story, which is still in theaters and you should go see it please because it's bombing and that's making me very depressed but uh you know i'm i'm in the tank for spielberg uh but um the idea of him making a movie directly inspired by his childhood uh is very intriguing although it does make me a little nervous because this seems like the type of movie someone makes at the end of their career and i really don't want to think about steven spielberg 
not working anymore. Like, I hope he works uh, forever, basically. I hope he finds a way to live forever and keeps making movies because I'm not ready for that. So uh, I'm I'm excited for, for this. All right, and last one on our list. The last one that was guaranteed locked on our list before we started was uh, Knives Out 2. And I want to take this one because the first Knives Out went from being a movie that made my top 10 list of the year uh, that, that came out and I really appreciate and liked to one of my all-time favorite movies. I've watched it maybe 20 times. Uh, it's a comfort watch. I put it, I just put it on. I put it on the, the, the disc if I haven't have it on me. I put it on Netflix if it's if Netflix is, is more or Amazon, wherever it's streaming, or a place I occasionally see it pop up. And I just watch it and enjoy it every time, which is a surprise for a mystery. You think that once you know who done it, you know, you don't need to go back and rewatch it again. But there's so much humor, so much character, so many notes of grace woven into Ryan Johnson's movie, uh, into his script, into his direction. And the fact that it's so entertaining while being so meaningful and while being so full of incredible actors doing incredible performances, including Daniel Craig, uh, just playing one of the all-time great cinematic detectives. Knives Out 2 is, of course, going to Netflix. Uh, Netflix spent a life-altering sum of money for Ryan Johnson and his producer, and, and well, not necessarily for Daniel Craig, who's already rich, but for everybody else to lock down the rights to Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3. And Knives Out 2 is wrapped filming with a brand new giant cast that I don't even want to start listing as it's too many people. Uh, but it's, it's in Greece this time, and... I just love the idea of Daniel Craig's detective being in a different location with a different cast of weirdos solving that murder mystery. I, if this is half as good as Knives Out, it'll be one of the more entertaining movies of 2022. I'm, I am thrilled I'm just this. praying. I really hope that with every Knives Out movie, Daniel Craig is just doing a different accent. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. What would be your ideal second accent, HD? Oh, I don't know. Um... Uh, well, he's done like this big Southern fried accent. So, uh, what else, what else could he do? Like, like obnoxious French, maybe? Oh, like a Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daniel Craig is a good face for a German accent. Mm. There you go. <laughs> so those are our, our 11 movies that were locked in for sure. Uh, those movies have all of our supports. So every movie from here on out, uh, is either supported by... Uh, it's supported by at least one of us, but sometimes most of us, but not one of us. But Ben broke it all down. Ben, do you want to introduce the next section that we're going to argue through? Yeah, I'm trying to decide if it would be more entertaining to jump down to the movies that only have one person supporting them. So we could sort of put these on people's radars and probably cross a lot of them off the the options here. Or if we should just go down the list uh, in, in terms of support and just like uh, push things out as they get overtaken by you know other things later on down the list what do you think i think we can start at the bottom because we know a lot of the lower ones aren't going to make the list and there's probably going to be a lot of more a lot more fierce debate as we get to the ones that have more rampant support as to where they should land on the list so how about we do i think we did this for one of our previous lists in the past we go around the table and we have somebody um so so we have each person pick one that they want to argue for to be on the list it could be from anywhere on the list and they also pick one that they want to gracefully get rid of, either one of their picks or somebody else's. And that way we can start cutting this list from both sides, from the ones that we feel strongly about and the ones that we don't feel strongly about. I like that idea. Uh, HC, why don't you start a movie that you want to argue for and one that you want to get rid of uh, in whatever order you want? Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> I need to browse. One I want to argue for. Um, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. 
<laughs> okay, going for Listen, a big one right out of the gate. I am team Aquaman. I think the first movie rules. I think that it's just this obnoxious, loud, fun camp horror film that is that is secretly a DC superhero film, but it's just completely fun and entertaining and ballsy in the best way and it has an octopus playing with drums and every conversation is interrupted by an explosion i think every part of that is intentional and um i just love the how james Wan like marries his blockbuster sensibilities with some of the horror sensibilities that he's had and that sort of tongue-in-cheek humor that he's learned from the fast and furious franchise and he does it in aquaman uh, a movie about a superhero that has long been written off and is played with the most charm imaginable by Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Um, Aquaman Lost Kingdom. <laughs> I'm just very excited. I'm just remembering all what I loved about the first Aquaman. I'm thinking about Patrick Wilson as Orm, like treating every one of his lines like Shakespeare. And every single person in that movie is incredibly committed. Only weak spot is maybe Amber Heard. Um, Nicole Kidman, uh, in a weird fish suit leotard uh, fighting with a trident. I I don't know. I really liked Aquaman. I'm just really excited about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom um, and working myself up into a frenzy thinking about it. So that's my argument for it. It should be on the list. Almost like Chris and I agree with this. I need to hear from Ben, Brad, and Peter. Why did, you, why did they not pick Aquaman, a.k.a. the sequel to the biggest DC movie of all time? I don't love Aquaman. Um, there's some really stupid stuff in the first movie. I didn't downright hate it, but I'm just not super pumped for the sequel. You know, I, I think that it could do some interesting things and it could improve upon some of the shortcomings of the first movie. But uh, yeah, I'm just whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same as Brad. Same. Yeah, all right, it's on the list. <laughs> Let me wrap that up. <laughs> I put it in. The, in I put it in, the, in discussion on on our doc here. Chris, I think, Jacob, back me up. I think uh, I'm so excited for Aquaman too. Aquaman uh, is my favorite of the 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 DCEU so far. I absolutely love it. I love James Wan after Malignant, which is just an absolute batshit movie. I can't even wait to see what James Wan has in store next because he's just getting. If Gabriel was in Aquaman, I would yeah. be all super excited for it. Or maybe he is. You don't know. Maybe he's <laughs> he's growing out of the back of Aquaman. Cinematic universe. I, I guess my whole thing is I want to keep Aquaman as a bargaining chip on this list because I'm not prepared to let it on the list immediately compared to some of the others that I'm prepared to fight harder for. And I'd rather <laughs> and if if Peter. <laughs> and the rest are going to block it. I want to make sure somebody else gets into the list. I'm being selfish, but all right, that's fine. I'm being selfish. <laughs> wow, Ooh. Aquaman. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the kind of joke that would make it into Aquaman. Honestly, yeah, that's why it's uh, the best. Or the cut worst. something. Cut something. Uh, what should I cut? Let's see. Um, Jurassic World Dominion because I hate the Jurassic World movies. No. <laughs> Listen, I I, I agree. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think that this is going to be the epic conclusion. I think that th this could be – I mean, we don't really know much about this, but finally we are – not only are we off the island, but we are around the world. This is the first Jurassic movie that is going to take place around the world with dinosaurs around the world, dinosaurs and humans together. Like the potential of that, even on like a scale of like a, 
a Roland Emmerich movie could be like so promising. I, I know this is Colin Trevorrow. I know you guys are uh, don't don't love him, but I I think there's so much potential here. It, the, the, and and we have the uh, some of the cast members from the original Jurassic Park coming back. I don't know that, that that's my plea for this. I put my initials on this because I'm very curious. Um, I'm very curious about what this movie is. I need, yeah, I need like a better trailer at this point because I, I, I know that like once I see those original, you know, the Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum together again, I'm gonna be like, ah, shit, I'm in. But right now, I'm like, ah, yeah. I haven't liked any one of the Jurassic World movies to be honest. Even the first Jurassic World, which I know people liked, but I just really disliked. And then you know, Fallen Kingdom was not much better in fact it was much worse um but uh yeah i have no reason to be interested maybe it's because i'm a girl i don't really care about dinosaurs that much even though i loved jurassic park and i think it's a perfect action slash monster movie uh slash blockbuster just i don't care i'm sorry <laughs> all right i put these both in, in discussion I, I i it sounds like neither of these are ready to budge quite yet uh ben who should we talk to next uh let's see chris you go uh oh okay oh shit um uh, i should have been ready for this i'm terrible at this oh man i had one too and it's like all right scream let's do scream yeah um, yes. so i i will admit that the the trailers for the new scream aren't that great but i've heard through the grapevine through people who've read the script that the trailers are being deliberately vague like the trailers make it look like sort of like a legacy sequel in that it's just like a remake with just younger characters. And if the movie does turn out to be just that, I am going to be a little ticked off, but I've heard through for people like I I should stress, I don't have specific details. I just know I've heard through people that it's, they're deliberately playing down how different this movie is going to be. On top of that, this is coming from uh, radio silence, the team that made um, ready or not, which is just a, was a, a wonderfully surprisingly good uh, horror comedy and the idea of those guys working on scream and the idea of, you know, the, the original three surviving characters from scream coming back and, you know, all that has me hyped. You know, the, I, I don't love all the scream sequels. I, I think um, scream four is really good. And I seem to be in a minority there, but, but the original scream uh, that movie holds up, man, that, that movie was such a huge deal when it came out and I revisited it over Halloween. Um, and it was like even better than I remembered it being. It's it's actually like a surprisingly brutal film. Like I feel like when we think of slasher films, we think of kills as being fun for lack of a better term. Like, oh, that's a fun kill. And the kills in Scream, the first Scream are actually like really nasty. And I'd actually sort of like forgotten about that. And revisiting that sort of made me like appreciate it all the more. Um, of course, you know, this one doesn't have Wes Craven at the helm, which is, you know, a drawback, but. That can't be helped because he is dead. So uh, we have to make the best of what we can. And, um, you know, uh, everything about this so far has has piqued my interest. I think I'm the only one who didn't vote for this. And it's not that I'm not excited. It's just because I've only seen the first scream. Don't yell at me. Don't scream at me. Um, (laughs) um, But I'm fine with it being on the list because I'm intrigued. I need to do to go through all the other scream movies to like be a big fan. But I love the first scream and enough to be like yeah sure 
Yeah, I'll I, go hard. I'll go hard for Scream on this list. I also didn't yeah. vote for it, but uh, hearing Chris talked about it made me interested. I like HJ. I think I've well, no, I saw the first movie and Scream Four for some reason. <laughs> I don't don't ask me how that happened, but uh, yeah, I just don't really have much of an attachment here. But um, I, I think looking at this list from a holistic perspective, having Scream on it makes sense. So I, I would not hate that idea. Yeah, I, I think the trailer doesn't look good, but I, I'm ready to love it just the way Chris is ready to love it. Like, I, I'm hoping it's what he says it is. Me too. So, <laughs> something, something screams on his list, guys. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ben, who do we talk to next? Uh, Chris has to cut something, I think. Oh, oh right, yeah. shit. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so you have to stab something out. All right, I'm, I know I'm going to get a pushback on this, but I would love to cut Sonic the Hedgehog too because I do not like. No, the first I was, Sonic. Are you going to get Does anyone have? I was, I, 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 I was going to cut this on my first, on my first cut. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm the only one who ever Sonic Hedgehog too. I know I'm alone. I think the first one is super fun, super charming, but I'm very much alone. I'm okay cutting it. I'm actually on board with you with in that the first one is underrated. I think it's actually quite fun, even though it, it's about a hedgehog that can run really fast and he spends the majority of the time in a car. In a car, yeah. Yeah, Jim, okay, like, Jim, Jim Carrey is having a lot of fun in Sonic the Hedgehog. The movie itself is not very good, but I will say the trailer for two looked like it was going to be better than the first movie. So I'm hoping it'll, it could be something fun, but I'm, I'm not excited about it. Yeah, there's no room for on this list. There's absolutely no room. But I, I just wanted to have a moment to shout out that I think Sonic's good. Yeah. If, this, good if this was a video podcast right now, Ghostface would come out and stab Tails with the knife and wow. cut off his head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then reveal himself to be Jim Carrey. Oh, what a- there's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's go to, uh, Peter next. Okay. I, I, I was thinking like, sh- should I go hard for something I really want on the list or something I think deserves to be on the list? And I, I think I'm going to go for something I think that deserves to be on the list, even though it's not the thing I'm the most excited about. And that is Avatar 2. I think if we're doing a most anticipated movie list for 2022, it, it, even if this movie is a gigantic disaster it's going to be the movie event of the year and we're all going to see it and we're all going to be there at the first press screening or the first uh you know opening night this is this is like uh i don't know i i think everybody's almost rooting for James Cameron to fail here. And that puts it in such an interesting position because uh, never bet against James Cameron. Um, everything we've seen from this has been kind of like behind the scenes images. And it, we can't really get a grasp of what it even is. Like I said recently, if like uh, Avatar 1 was uh, <laughs> James Cameron's version of uh, Pocahontas in space, then it looks like this is gearing up to be uh, James Cameron's Jungle Book in uh, on in in a water alien planet or something <laughs> like that. Um, I don't know. Like, again, I am not like like this is the movie I'm the most excited to see. But I, I feel like this. If we had a list of the top 25 movies that we're anticipating of 2022, I I feel like this needs to be there. Yeah, you know what? I, I will back you up, Peter. I don't. I have nothing. I have no attachment to Avatar, but it's it, I, I can't not get excited for a new James Cameron movie, like the first James Cameron movie in over a decade or whatever. Like, even though it is Avatar 2, James Cameron knows what he's doing. And even if 
even if the script for Avatar, you know, the dialogue and the, the character motivations and all that stuff turns out to suck, I'm sure it's going to have like killer set pieces because James Cameron is really, really good at that. So at the very least, it's going to have some really cool action in it. So I, I would not be against it being on the list. Yeah, I, I'd never thought about Peter's, Peter's uh, POV here, but the idea that, yes, there, there is going to be no movie that people are more curious about than Avatar 2 because everyone's going to see the Batman. Everyone, everyone's excited for the Batman, but Avatar 2 is the one where everybody has no damn idea what this thing is going to be. And there's the conversation is, do, do people care? Do people care? Do, are they still excited about this movie? And that's going to be the conversation for the next 12 months. And I think that alone earns a spot on this list. I agree, but uh, who didn't? Who didn't support this? Uh, Brad and H, or I guess HC. Were you the only one that, that uh, didn't? Wow, being called out. Yeah, I don't really care much either way. I think Avatar was a defining pop culture moment uh, in movie history. Um, I have no no really strong feelings with for or against it, but um, I don't think we'd be slash film without having Avatar two on our <laughs> list. So yeah, throw it on. All right, Avatar 2, locked in. Uh, Peter, kill something. Okay, I'm going to kill one of uh, my outliers, and I didn't actually ever expect this to get on the list. It just sounded like an interesting movie. I really don't know much about it. It's called Samaritan, and this is directed by Julius Avery. He's got it did Overlord, and it stars Sylvester Stallone, and uh, it is based on based on this mythos comic graphic novel called um and it's about it's described as like this dark new take on superhero movies and it's it, the, the story is this young boy comes to the realization that is that a famed superhero who he had thought uh had who had been thought of gone missing in an epic battle 20 years ago may be still around and just given up kind of like the the Luke Skywalker of of comic books uh, or of superheroes I guess um so it sounded interesting with Sylvester Stallone a comic book like it's it sounds like a take on uh superhero movies that I I have not seen and I I'm interested in that director but um but I'm I'm guessing it would be hard to get this on the list so I, I'm willing to to let this go yeah it sounds really promising I really like Overlord I we only have 12 slots left on this list yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, so Jacob, who do, who do we go to now? Um, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll take it. my turn. Okay, um, I'm gonna go to the one that I'm going to dig my heels in for, and that is uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the new film from the Daniels, the Swiss Army Man, uh, about a movie about Michelle Yeoh. Is it how do you say her name? Is Michelle Yeoh? Yeah, Yeoh. Oh, God, I think Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I'm embarrassing myself on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is uh, plays a Chinese American woman who's uh, on a tax at a tax office trying to get a tax down with her family, and when she learns that uh, she's at the center of a multiverse crisis of some point of some kind, and the trailer is the best trailer of twenty twenty one hands down the, the best edited trailer, the most visually promising. Any movie that puts her in a lead role at all is a movie I want to see, and one that lets her tap into the multiverse Spider Verse style for this live action Gonzo sci fi action comedy. I'm thrilled. This is opening South by Southwest next year. I'm going to be there with bells on. Uh, that trailer alone, I can't imagine watching that trailer and saying, I don't want to see that movie. So I think this movie belongs on the list, hands down. Yeah, I'm stoked for this movie. I yeah. loved Swiss Army Man, a very bizarre film about Daniel Radcliffe playing a farting corpse and Paul Dano being stranded and using that farting corpse to, uh, as a 
compass and also as a lifeboat to find his way home. It's basically a long joke that somehow starts to become poignant and meaningful and then it goes back to being a joke and it's (laughs) incredible. (laughs) And I'm so excited to see what Daniels has coming up next. Daniels is actually a duo, I believe, and they go by Daniels. And uh, this looks just as uh, wacky and bizarre and gonzo as Swiss Army Man. Uh, And I I cannot wait. I love Michelle Yeoh. I think that she's often underrated as an actress too, as a dramatic actress, just because she's so well known for being um, a martial arts star. And here she gets to play so against type. It's really, really exciting. Anyways, I am also totally on board for uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, I, I absolutely support this 100%. That trailer... Uh... I think I was already interested in it, but that trailer like knocked me on my ass. It was so good. So I, I can't wait to see this. 100%. I think my name was the only one not on the list for this. And I had not seen the trailer, but uh, you guys have sold me. I'm interested in this. Uh, and you, know, uh, you have to go watch the trailer. Yeah, uh, Jacob, you know, I genuinely think you, you, you're going to watch the trailer and be like, holy shit. <laughs> so, so, Jacob, what you're saying is you're excited for a movie produced by the Russo brothers. You know what, Peter? You got me. Take it you off the me. list. <laughs> Get rid of it. All right, I, I'm locking everything, everywhere, all at once. And Peter, after this podcast, go watch. I, okay, it, gen, it generally looks like a, a post Spider Verse indie movie. I think it's going to really appeal to you. Yeah, you, so. you've totally sold me on this. All right, um, Outliers. I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill two because I'm, I'm the only ones who voted for them. Uh, I'm going to kill Marry Me, the J Lo and Wilson rom com, because I the movie looks super sweet. I'm all for the return of the you know modestly budgeted, you know. Um, two movie stars fall in love rom-com i would love for mary me to be a huge hit i'd love for it to be good but i'm the only one here voted for it so i'm gonna kill it i will say i think that this movie looks hilarious because it's such a bizarre pairing of jennifer lopez and owen wilson like two people who you wouldn't really expect to be even in the same room and i also am intrigued by it but yeah you can kill it yeah i'm also gonna kill bob's burgers um i i've not seen all of bob's burgers um i've seen enough of them know i really like that show and but this movie's been in the works for so long, and we've seen so little from it that I don't even, I'm so sure if it's going to come out next year. So, Bob's Burgers, you're a terrific show, but we need a trailer first. So, I'm cutting Bob's Burgers. All right. Uh, let's see who's next. Um, who hasn't gone yet? Brad, Brad hasn't gone. gone. Yeah. I oh, yeah. Me and Brad. Okay. Brad, you go first. Um, I will go, f- I'm going to go for an easy one. I think that this is, this will get it on the list. Um, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, the, the mere concept of this movie sounded so exciting because it's Nicolas Cage playing a version of himself, uh, very self-referential, lots of references to his, his own movies and his very eclectic and eccentric career. And the trailer only solidified that I want to see this movie even more. It looks like a lot of fun uh, seeing him teamed up um, with Pedro Pascal. Sounds like it's going to be extremely exciting. And I just love the idea of seeing Nicolas Cage playing crazy Nicolas Cage and having so much fun with it. Uh, we, we have to have a Nicolas Cage on this this li- movie on this list, I think. And this is the, like the best one. So I feel like we got to do it. Yes. yes. I think 100%. I think I'm the only one who didn't vote for this. And I will I'll just say like a tiny, so it's kind of a nitpick for me. Um, I thought the trailer was good. I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, and mostly I was put off by the presence of Ike Barinholtz, whose comedy I really, really dislike. And I was like, oh, God, is he in it? Is he going to just 
be in this film and be him. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that was my reason. Uh, but otherwise, yes. I also feel like this might be a terrible movie, but um, yeah. but I'm kind <laughs> I, of like intrigued by it anyway. So <laughs> I have a feeling like this could either be like both amazing or really interesting failure. I don't think it's going to be like boring. I'll put it that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think it's locked onto our list. Uh, Brad, you got to kill something now. I think I can kill two actually. Uh, so I'm the only one who went for studio six, six, six because uh, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. I think that uh, them doing a movie, a horror movie where they're playing themselves is pretty cool. I know it's not going to make the list. Um, I think there's even a chance that the movie could end up being pretty bad, but I'm still very curious and it simply because of the Foo Fighters of it all. So we can get rid of that. Um, and then I'm going to take uh, take off uh, one thing that I voted for, and Peter was the only one who supported it, and that's Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, this is something that I'm, I'm more curious about than anything, just because it's a live-action Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie that has Andy Samberg and John Mulaney playing the titular chipmunks uh, from the animated series that I grew up on. So I, I'm curious to see how that turns out, but I know that's not going to make the list either, so we can get rid of that. Peter, you're cool if it's cutting that? Yeah, I don't think it's going to make the list. But, I mean, just the fact that the the Lonely Island guys are behind that, I I, I have no doubt it's going to be good. All right, uh, Ben, you're next in rotation, sir. Okay, so I want to uh, put one forth, and then I can kill three of them. Um, so just in the interest of moving this along, uh, the one that I want to nominate is Nope, the new movie from Jordan Peele, uh, written and directed by him, it stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yeun, and uh, Michael Wincott is in this as well, Barbie Ferreira. Um, so we know n- literally nothing about this. Like, no plot information has been released. The only thing that we've seen from this movie is a poster that we've done, like, ridiculous fun analyzations of in articles on SlashFilm.com, which I encourage people to check out. But uh, just the idea of Jordan Peele making another movie. Um, and I think the – what is the, the – it's called uh, the the tagline on the poster says a new terror from the mind of Academy Award winner Jordan Peele. So um, we know it's in the horror realm, and that's kind of all I need to know at this point. Like I I love uh, Get Out. Um, we had a lot of fun talking about us and trying to dissect what Peele was trying to do with that movie. So yeah, I'm I'm just like in on Jordan Peele's next film, and I think you guys should be too. Yeah, that was actually going to be my pick when it came to me. So yeah, I can't imagine like not having that on here. And Jordan Peele has entered that, that very unique group of filmmakers where I don't need to know what the movie's about. I just need to know he's directing it. And I'm instantly like, I got to see that. So yes, I would like to say yep to nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Jordan Peele is somebody who like in, I put him up there with Steven Spielberg in terms of if he's making it, I'm there day one. That's just how it works. So yes. I, there's no way Nope can't be on this list for me. So I think I'm the one who did not put my name next to it, and it's because I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But if I had seen it, then I also would have put my name next to it because I agree with you all that Jordan Peele is just one of my immediate yes go-to filmmakers now. So that should have already been locked in, and that's my bad. <laughs> HT so making me waste one of my things that I'm fighting for. <laughs> I, I was so shocked that that wasn't locked in. I was like, wait, who didn't vote for that? My fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to wipe three off the off the list here. Uh, one of them I sort of uh, have an outlier section. It's called 65. I'd never heard of it until I was doing research for this list. Uh, it is called 65. It stars Adam Driver and Ariana.
on a green blat, and the logline is, an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. It's written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who wrote the original story for uh, the first A Quiet Place movie. Um, Yeah, I, I have not seen a still image or a trailer or anything. I think Danny Elfman is composing this movie, but just like, oh, Adam Driver space movie. That's interesting. But looking at what we have left and how many spots are are remaining on this list, there's no way that this is going to get here. I just wanted to sort of, hey, tell the world an Adam Driver space movie is coming up. So yeah, uh, I actually had no idea if this was even coming out, but I want to just say that uh, Beck and Woods are very good and they made a really underrated uh, Halloween movie called Haunt, which so uh, I want to just put a shout out for that. Everyone go watch Haunt this Christmas. Yeah. Haunt, Haunt does rule. I'm excited for 65, but I, I kind of forgotten that this, what this movie was. But it's not going to make, as Ben said, not going to make the list. Uh, another one I don't think is going to make it is a movie called Beast, which uh, the logline is a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the savannah has but one apex predator. And Idris Elba is in this. Uh, as is Charlotte Copley, who, uh, you know, anytime he shows up, it's just um, like sheer insanity. That's whether that's, yeah, exactly. Uh, whether it's good or bad is is very, um, you know, up for debate. Uh, Baltasar Cormaker directed this movie. I think he directed, uh, what is the film I'm thinking of? Two Guns. And, you know, he's sort of like one of those, um, you know, he directed, or I think, uh, yeah, I think he directed the movie Everest from a few years ago. He's kind of like a, a hit or miss action type director. Um, but Idris Elba versus Lions sounded interesting to me. And uh, again, no way it's making it, but just wanted to put it on people's radar. Uh, and then finally, The Gray Man, which I, we've already heard some um, slagging of the Russo name here. And uh, Anthony and Joe Russo are directing a movie that's coming to Netflix uh, next year. And it has a massive budget. I think it's like somewhere around $200 million. Uh, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Jessica Hennick, Wagner Mora, uh, Roger Jean Page, Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, it's got a really solid cast and it's a spy uh, thriller kind of thing. It's based on a novel. Um, one of the characters' names, Ryan Gosling's character's name is Court Gentry, which is mm. like a ridiculous name. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just a you know a spy thriller from the Russos. Um, I, I know that these guys and Marcus and McFeely who wrote a lot of the, the Marvel stuff uh, wrote the screenplay for this. I know uh, the Russos are are a little uh, hit and miss around these parts. But um, again, this is one that I think a lot of people are, are probably going to, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix is like, this is the most watched thing in Netflix history, you know, the weekend <laughs> after it comes out just because of the, the people associated with it. So I wanted to put it on everybody's radar now, uh, knowing full well that there's no way it's going to make it on. I am list. mixed about this one because I've not been impressed with the Russo brothers uh, output ever outside of Marvel. Um, but I really want to see Ryan Gosling on screen again. This is going to be his first role since First Man. And that was what, like three years 2018 ago? 2018? Yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> it was, it was 1969. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I'll, he always picks really interesting roles. So I kind of, I can't see him picking something so, something very generic as unfortunately a lot of the Russo Brothers films have been. But um, so I'm kind of mixed because I think Ryan Gosling is always really good. But, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone in this movie is really good looking. So I'm sure it'll be fun to watch. But we haven't like seen any. There hasn't even been like a still image released yet. So right. it's hard for me to be like, yeah, but I'm I'm sure I will absolutely watch it when it does hit Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in it, but I, I just don't think it's going to make this list. 
So I have a proposal. Yes. <laughs> there are uh, 18 movies that are in the, the top three categories of strong support, good support, and some support. I Does anybody feel super strongly about the movies that either have two votes or one vote? And if not, can we just go ahead and cut all of them, but maybe just briefly mention them so they're on people's radar? I think that's a good plan. I think we should. I think anything with one or two votes just should just be axed entirely. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, so the first one we have on this list, actually, I'm confused because isn't Cyrano a 2021 release? It is. I've actually seen it. I didn't notice it was there. So, yeah, oh, I thought it was it. getting. I thought it was coming out later. But it's I, one of those I saw like too, limited releases. Yeah, things, I think yeah. I think it's doing the same thing as the worst person in the world, where it's technically out this year, but it's not getting a wide release until early next year. Okay. okay. Well, I'm just I'm just deleting it. Yeah. Um, Just a shout out to Peter Dinklage, and also I think that he should star in as more romantic leads. So that's why I'm excited for it. But yeah, Uh, the the next one on the list that we should just cut immediately on this two votes is Death in the Nile. I really like Murder Express. I'm curious about Death in the Nile. This movie's become the cinematic equivalent of toxic waste disposal. (laughs) I just don't (laughs) don't know if it'll ever actually exist. So. I think we just we, I'm cool just cutting. I know Chris, you voted voted for, for it with me, but I'm actually yeah, curious I like why that. Chris voted for it. I really like that first one. I like the idea of a, you know a star-studded murder mystery, but uh, you know the first movie had a toxic guy in it. This movie has multiple toxic people in it. The third one's going to be like wall-to-wall toxic people if the trend <laughs> continues. So I mean Johnny yeah, Depp I, playing everybody. Yeah. HT, do you want to say goodbye to Legally Blonde three? Yeah, you know she, she. I, I love I love Elle Woods, uh, and you know she can argue her way out of her out of a paper bag. But uh, we can. Is this definitely come? I don't remember hearing anything about. Is this like going to Disney Plus or something? How I, I don't. Is this actually coming out this year? It's a good question. Um, uh, I guess I don't know. I, I trusted trails. the internet blindly, Chris, when I put this together. So um, I should have done maybe more do- due diligence there, but it's getting deleted anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Just I, it. it's fine. I won't ever see this movie unless it's called Legally Blonde. <laughs> it, it, Legally Blonde 3 does have a release date of May 20th, 2022. I'm not even sure. Was Did they it? even like start filming? I feel like I, like, I haven't heard a single thing about this. Yeah. Uh, Brad, do you want to say goodbye to Elvis? I'll say goodbye to Elvis. Uh, I'm very interested in a movie about Elvis that is directed by Baz Luhrmann. Uh, I love Moulin Rouge. I love Romeo and Juliet. So I think that's going to be a very cool movie. But uh, obviously not a lot of other people are as interested in it as me and Chris. You are the other one, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Hanks is going to be in it. I'm, I'm curious about it. But I guess you could say Elvis has left the oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris, you want to get by the Salem's lot? Yeah, you know I'm a Stephen King fan. I'm in the tank for anything related to Stephen King, but uh, I, you know, I haven't seen any <laughs> images or anything from this yet. So Salem's Lot, I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I, you know, it's not going to make the list. Uh, by the way, update: uh, Weekly Bond Three, even though it's uh, on the release schedule for May, has not started filming. Okay, that's so, definitely not coming. Probably out. not this, happening. This time they can rush it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it, 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 you can make it happen. It during takes COVID. place in in one courtroom and they never leave. It's like a <laughs> yeah. bottle episode movie. Twelve <laughs> angry, twelve angry blondes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
it's it's a it's a Ill- illegally blonde is the actual Ooh. title, and it's a, a set in a prison drunk tank where Elwood has had a very very bad. Day. That actually sounds oh. great. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, I, I will say this: the the one film on like these two bottom lists that I was almost willing to fight for was Clerks Three, and I know Kevin Smith has not done a good movie in quite some time, but uh, this one feels like it's it's more personal to him. It, 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 like it takes it back to the film that started it all. And the, the character in the film uh, has a heart attack, just like he did. He goes back to uh, where it all started. It feels like it could be uh, something more than just like a, you know, the stoner stuff that he's kind of producing now. It seems like it could be something special, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to. Was I, yeah, I don't disagree, Peter, because I'm I'm the only other person I think on the staff who is like a Kevin Smith apologist. But uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot left a mostly like mediocre taste in my mouth, and I feel like he's lost some of that touch that made him uh, such a great like uh, comedic director with indie sensibilities. And I I'm hoping that this does turn out to be something that is special because he's digging back into the original Clerks by having it be a movie about Randall making clerks just like Kevin Smith did. But I just, I just don't know if Kevin Smith has it in him anymore. Yeah. Um, I would argue hard against this. So I'm, I'm glad. I'll <laughs> 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 just go to cut it. <laughs> uh, ben, uh, do you want to describe escape from Spiderhead? Yeah. Escape from Spiderhead might have one of the coolest titles of 2022. This is a Netflix movie that is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who did uh, Tron Legacy and the upcoming Top Gun Maverick, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who did the Deadpool movies. And it stars Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller and Journey Smollett. Uh, I think it's coming out in January, and it is about convicts who live in the near future, and they're in this facility where they are basically like um, experimental subjects uh, for emotion-altering drugs, and one of the convicts tries to uh, outmaneuver the the experiments of the prison in in order to save another one. So uh, it sounds like, you know, a little grungy, a little... uh, like maybe exploitation-y type of thing, but also Joseph Kaczynski and he doesn't, he makes movies that are, that seem very uh, composed and clean. And uh, I'm just curious, like what this thing is going to look like. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's no way in hell it's making this list. Yeah. The next one takes a chance to massacre the new one following the Halloween route of, you know, ignoring the sequels, being a sequel to the original one only set decades later, old man, Leatherface. Uh, I've actually heard good things because the people who make who are directing this are, are local, even though it's not filming in Texas, and which is why I'm okay cutting it. A Texas Chainsaw Mask movie filmed in Eastern Europe cannot be on this list. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you just can't. Uh, Peter, do you want to talk about Havoc? Do you remember uh, what Havoc is? I don't even yes. remember okay. what so, Havoc is. <laughs> so Havoc is the new action movie from Gareth Evans, who did the Raid movies. Oh, yeah. uh, and this one is coming to Netflix, too, and it stars Tom Hardy. Uh, and Forrest Whitaker's in it. Timothy Oliphant is in it. Oh, wait, this actually um, sounds kind of good. Yeah, if I had remembered what this was, I might have put my initial next to it. Uh, I'll read the logline real quick. After a drug deal gro- goes awry, a detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while untangling his city's dark web of conspiracy and corruption. So uh, just the fact that it's a, a Gareth Evans action joint with Tom Hardy in the lead uh, made it interesting, but uh, it sounds like maybe maybe we should not and get it, rid of this. It also has Timothy Oliphant and Louis Guzman and I don't know. 
Yeah. yeah, so I didn't realize that this was a Gareth Evans movie, and I'm uh, kind of regretting not putting my initial next to it, too. So I think we should put this into in discussion for now. Yes, yeah, I, I think in discussion, because that Havoc is a very bad title. They should call it Gareth Evans' Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Evans' Havoc starring Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I put my name next to it, and I forgot what it was by the time we got to it. <laughs> All right. Let's run through these last one votes really quickly. Uh, like, one sentence one sentence each. Uh, Chris, Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest is a movie set in a small Midwestern town cursed by a uh, monster with a pumpkin head that comes out on Halloween, and that is, like, heroin to me. But I'm fine with it not making the list. Uh, Peter, Untitled David O. Russell Project. Uh, well, I mean, David O. Russell is directing this film. We don't really know much about it. We know that it was uh, filmed in Los Angeles, and it's about a doctor and a lawyer from an unlikely partnership. I think what attracted me to this is, uh, despite David O. Russell being very problematic, uh, I, I do like some of his films, maybe not the most recent films, but the cast here seems just uh, amazing. Uh, so we got... Christian Bale, Margot yeah. Robbie, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Shannon, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Andrew Riseborough, Matthias Scheinartz, uh, Alessandra Nivola, Taylor Swift, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> you lost you at Rami Malek. I mean, I know, I know, but, <laughs> but I mean. He, he's down that list. He's, he, he's near, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's playing a quiet character. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, the worst actor to possibly ever win an Oscar. Um, Peter, Super Mario Bros. Why? 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it seems like it could be a big thing. Illumination Entertainment is doing this. The, I will say, I, I'm a hu- I was a huge fan of the Super Mario Brothers uh, video games as a kid, and I've uh, you know didn't like that live action movie that came out. It's, it's kind of a mess. Uh, this. This seems like it. Uh, like Miyamoto is involved, that gave me hope. The the cast seems really bad though. Chris Pratt is Mario, Charlie Day is Luigi, Jack Black is Bowser. I mean, maybe that one could be good. Uh, I feel like the ca- everyone in this cast is okay except Chris Pratt, and he immediately he's like an anchor, sinking everything, just bringing everything down with him. <laughs> the albatross of the voice acting. Yes, community. yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I I think I put this more on the list than uh, that. I was not not that I was excited about it, but I felt like this has the potential to be like a big thing if it's good. You know, I, I hope you're right, Peter. But <laughs> uh, Ben, uh, Kimmy, the new Soderbergh. I will say I'm not excited about Soderbergh until I'm watching it. This is why I didn't vote for this. Sorry. Oh, interesting. Yeah, David Kep wrote this. It's basically like a tech thriller that stars Zoe Kravitz, where she plays somebody with agoraphobia who has to go out of her apartment and get into the into the streets um so cliff martinez doing the music uh it's got a yeah decent little cast but yeah just a another soderbergh movie which you know i think we we um undervalue him and and sort of uh take him for granted in our society so i just wanted to mention it uh and then there's another one that i uh mentioned here which is called apollo 10 and a half which is richard linklater's new movie that is also coming to netflix i believe Uh, glenn powell is in this jack black is in this zachary levi it's going to be partially live action partially rotoscoped and it's based on uh linklater's childhood as he watched the moon landing in 1969 so it's just sort of this uh fantasy story told from a child's perspective. Oh, wait, I forgot about this one. Sorry, I didn't I hadn't realized you put added to the list. I am usually all in for Link later. 
So I'm intrigued. I just want to add in my two cents there because I like when Linklater also plays with form as he does with um, animation here. So, you know, go Linklater. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I feel about Linklater way I do with Soderbergh, which is what I'm actually actively sitting down and watching their work. I'm like, oh, you guys are great. But like from a distance, I'm like, maybe I'll stream it, which is so unfair to two guys who are consistently great. But it, that's, that's a me problem, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Peter, what's the Adam Project and where are we cutting it? Okay, the, the Adam Project is directed by Sean Levy. So, it, it, you know, he's the guy that did Native Museum. He did Real Steel, uh, Stranger Things, Free Guy. And uh, I think what interested me the most about this is the premise. The premise is about a man who travels back in time to get help from his younger self. And uh, together they kind of have to confront their uh, the problems having to do with their, their late father. Um Here's where it goes downhill. Uh, it stars Ryan Reynolds. So it's probably going to be Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, but having to deal with a younger version of, of himself. has has uh, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Catherine Keener. So it has a, a, a decent cast other than Ryan Reynolds. But the other uh, one-two punch of this probably being not great is it's being released by Netflix. So it seems like it's going to be like one of those things that we hear is like the most watched thing on Netflix and – isn't very good, but the premise sounds cool. I don't know. It's going to be good, but yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've noticed that when, when he's a producer, Sean Levy seems to have really good taste, but as a director, I've never warmed to him. Yeah. Oh, and it's also written by the guy that uh, created that show Warriors on uh, Cinemax, which everybody oh, seems to love. Yeah. So. I do love Warriors. A very kick-ass show. All right, uh, Orphan First Kill. Uh, Chris, why are you first killing Orphan First Kill? Uh, I mean, if it were up to me, this would be number one on the list. But uh, Orphan, I love Orphan. Orphan is a really trashy horror movie where uh, two people adopt who, what they think is a child, but it's actually an adult posing as a child, and she's a serial killer. Uh, this is somehow a prequel, and the same actress who played the, you know, the, the titular Orphan, Isabel Furman, is back again, even though she's much older now. So I have no idea how that's going to work. And I'm very curious about it, but um, it's also being directed by the, the guy who did uh, the boy movies, <laughs> the boy and Brahms, the boy too. And William Brett, was it William Brett Bell? Yes, I believe. And uh, he's not that good. So this might not <laughs> be that good, but I will see it just because I love the first orphan so much. Uh, ben, what's deep water? Deep Water is the Ben Affleck, Ana de Armas erotic thriller from Adrian Lin, uh, so or, or Line, um, and uh, you know I think he did like Fatal Attraction, and you know he, he was sort of like a a uh, a big name in that uh, space of filmmaking that doesn't sort of doesn't exist really anymore. He did Indecent Proposal, and um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> this movie ended up getting it was just announced a few days ago that this movie is getting dumped on Hulu, um, but this was like. Supposed to come out a long, long time ago, but uh, just erotic thrillers, you know, bring them back. That's what I say. Yeah, we, we, I'm all for bringing back erotic thrillers. We need more of them. Hell yeah, especially the one where we see Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck get together long after they've broken up. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Chris, is White Noise a remake of the Michael Keaton movie? No, it is not the remake of the movie where ghosts break Michael Keaton legs. Uh, this is actually an adaptation of the Don DeLillo novel of the same name, and that is a wonderful novel uh this is being directed by noah bombach it stars adam driver and greta gerwig so i'm sure it's going to be great but uh it's not buzzy enough yet to make the list i'm sure it's going to end up like being like award season type of movie but uh i'm fine cutting it 
All right, well, looking at what we have here, um, we have 16 movies locked in. We have nine open slots. We have 21 movies between in discussion and not discussed yet. So we need to do some serious cuts. Ben, do you want to take over the rotation again? Uh, sure. Um, do you mean, should I like go ahead and, and try to offer oh, no, I meant one? To, I meant you tell, you, you decide who goes. Okay. Next. Yeah. Hey, Jacob, I'm going to go. I'm going to decide that it's going to be me uh, <laughs> just so I don't look like an idiot for misinterpreting. This is what, what happens when before. I share the power. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so here's one that I think would be cool to see on this list. The Northman. The new movie from Robert Eggers, uh, the trailer for this just came out and people sort of like lost their minds when they saw it because it's a Viking movie from Robert Eggers who did The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse. And he is very, you know, obviously like well known for his incredible attention to detail and like historical accuracy and all that kind of stuff. Um, the cast for this one is like really insane. It's it's uh, I don't have all the names in front of me, but it's a ton of people. Alexander Skarsgård is the Nicole star. Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy. Willem Dafoe, uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Bjork. This is the movie that Um, brought Bjork back to acting, so that means it must be good. Uh, Yeah, I just think this would be cool. I mean, it it sounds sort of like a a Hamlet type of story. Uh, That's what the the trailer makes it seem to be. Um, Or the Lion King, if you will. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It it looks like A24 Conan the Barbarian, so I'm there for it. This looks awesome. I was actually going to pick this. I was going to pick this too, Ben. Yeah. I was going to pick this as well. That's great. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like this one has support. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Put it on. Uh, well, Peter, Peter and Brad didn't hear. Didn't vote for this one. I'm curious if they have anything they want to say before we lock it in. I'm honestly, I don't know, I hate to admit this because everybody loves this director, but I'm honestly not like the biggest fan of this director's work. It's just like not my cup of tea. No, that's fine. It's He yeah. definitely makes very um, specific, specific films. Yeah. yeah I, can, I can easily see not people not enjoying his work. I haven't yet watched the trailer, so I don't have an opinion one way or the other, but with with so much support and as somebody who just appreciated how um, ambitious uh, Robert Eggers is as a director and I enjoyed the lighthouse and and the uh, the Vivich. I (laughs) I am uh, I'm totally down for this being on the list. Uh, All right. Ben kill something. Um. Jeez, uh, how about Lightyear? Uh, oh, the... oh, Ben! No, Ben! Oh, ben. No, Ben! I am going to fight for Lightyear. I'm going to fight hard for Lightyear. I'm prepared to do a speech. You want to speech oh, now or later? Wow. Just go ahead. Speech? Go ahead. All right. Lightyear looks like the people at Pixar said we want to make a sci-fi epic. We want to make we want, we want to make a Star Wars. We want to make a movie that is a bona fide science fiction adventure. But original stuff is hard to push through when you're on Disney pipelines. So what do we do? Oh, we have a spaceman. How about we take that basic design, that basic concept, uh, 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 um, and we wrap it around a massive, ambitious, beautiful-looking science fiction adventure. The idea of Pixar making what looks to be an actual sci-fi movie, not like, you know, a a toy comedy, or not like, you know, uh, a Toy Toy Story spinoff, but using that character as an excuse to make an ambitious aliens and spaceman science fiction adventure with 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 really stunning looking animation in that trailer i think the idea of pixar unleashed on a genre film sounds so promising and once you remove the cynicism of the lightyear name that movie looks like it could kick so much ass and i am really here for lightyear more so than any other pixar movie coming on and like i will kill turning red a thousand times before i take take lightyear off this list and and just to be clear 
this isn't Buzz Lightyear the toy. <laughs> this is the origin story of the human Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based on. Oh, thank you, Chris. Evans. Uh, so, Jacob, the counter argument to what you're talking about is another movie that's on this list, which is called Strange World, which is directed by Don Hall, who is a, a famed uh, Disney animator and has been involved in the Disney family for a long time. He directed this movie called Waking Sleeping Beauty about the, the rise of uh, the sort of golden age of Disney animation. And this movie, Strange World, is exactly what you're talking about, but without all the bullshit baggage that Lightyear brings being associated with the Toy Story franchise in whatever bizarre tangential way Chris just tried to lay out right there. Um, <laughs> Strange World is, there's one piece of concept art that we've seen from it, and it is exactly what you're saying. It's based on uh, pulp magazines from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and it is this pure, unadulterated sci-fi story where characters go and encounter alien worlds and, and have adventures and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have to live in the shadow or be attached to the Toy Story franchise. It's its own thing. So I think if you're looking to include an animated movie that isn't turning red on here that has those sort of categories, uh, Strange World checks all those boxes. I agree with that. I think the concept art for figure. Strange World looks absolutely jaw-dropping. By the way, my, my, my trailer yet. This doesn't have a trailer yet. Strange World had a trailer of this conversation. But the, the trailer for Lightyear is a piece of shit. <laughs> so it's no, not. it's not. <laughs> yeah, that is a great trailer, Ben. You oh are you are wrong. That's a wow. great trailer. That's wow. a terrific trailer. That's a garbage trailer. What the hell are you guys talking about? Chris, I'll back you up. Up. You know I don't think I don't think it's a garbage trailer, but it didn't do it did nothing for me, like emotionally. But I'm I mean, also dead inside. So. Yeah, you know what, Ben? You put your initials next to Legally Blonde Three. Yeah, because me and HT are the the Mindy Kaling fans in the house. I thought you liked Never Have I Ever. Also, Brad, what the hell? I do love Never Have I Ever, but Legally <laughs> Legally Blonde Two, Red White, uh, Red Blonde and Blue was trash. And I, I don't think I ever saw that one. I just like, I think the first movie is actually pretty good. good. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just just no, 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 no. Lightyear, good. I, I moved Lightyear and Strange World up into in discussion, I, so I think we should move on I, to the next I, person. I, I do want to say that I would I, I would have put my name next to Strange World if I had known what it was. I either didn't look it up or I don't know. So I'm in support of that. Uh, so what happens, Jacob? Do I try to pick another thing or do we just move on to somebody else? We, was, we, we We've been moving on. If, if there's okay. been any, any resistance to a cut, we put it in discussion and move on. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's up next? Let's do HT. Um, Mm, me, me. Oh, man. He took the one that I was going to nominate. So I will nominate one that uh, I didn't vote for and I think that we should have on the list. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I for, I didn't vote for it because I was kind of unsure about what my I thought about the film. Um, I was kind of mixed on the first Doctor Strange. I thought it was good, but I wasn't over the moon for it. And while I'm excited for Sam Raimi to take on this property and put his own distinctive stamp on it, having seen the Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness trailer at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, I didn't really see a lot of Raimiism, so I was kind of like, okay, don't really know what to expect of this film. You don't think the shot of Doctor Strange standing in the doorway in space is a camera rotates 360 degrees away from him what wasn't Raimi-ish? I thought that was very Raimi. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. But... I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I'm, I'll shut up. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping in. I mean, that I'll, was why I was mixed on it. But I'm nominating it to go into the list, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think that trailer rules. Mm. And, I, and I, it, it looks... There is a shot 
in that trailer where Doctor Strange and a few of his allies standing in a, a literal doorway overlooking the cosmos as a camera pulls back while simultaneously rotating to the side into this extreme Raimi Dutch angle. And that's where I realized, oh man, this could actually be a Sam Raimi movie. So I'm very excited about this one. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. My only like thing is that I hope it's not just purely world building slash uh, franchise um, bridge building. That's my only hope. But um, yeah. otherwise, I'm pretty much in for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So nominating that. I don't think there's any resistance to it. No, I think, I think it's yeah. an easy lock. Literally everybody else voted for yeah. it. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Cool. What will I cut? What shall I cut? Let's see. She chose an easy one to get in so she can cut something valuable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really Be ruthless, one. HT. Um, cut light year just to be <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Will you guys hate me if I cut ambulance? Yes, nope. I will. I will. Yeah, I'm going to be pretty uh, ambulance. I'm, so I'm pretty upset about that. I'm sorry, cut guys. It cut it in an artery. If I, hate you know, I would, I I would go in for, for Moonfall, for, Roman, for Roland Emmerich, if I will, if we get to cut ambulance. Wait a minute. I, HG, did you watch the trailer for ambulance? No. Okay. Like, the trailer for Ambulance sells this movie better than any of us ever could because the shots that Michael Bay is doing in this trailer are fucking nuts. And also, Jake Gyllenhaal is just, you know, doing the Mr. Music thing again, and I'm all in on that. HG, <laughs> do, you, do you know what an FPV drone is? I, I am aware of, of these kind of drones. Well, Michael Bay has learned to use FPV drones and is using it in his, like, explosive filmmaking, and that's what sold it to me. Yeah, there are wild shots in this trailer. All yeah. right, we can put it in, in discussions. Whatever, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> HE, you, you have my back on Ambulance Not Mickey on this list. <laughs> so. You guys hate fun. <laughs> but HT, you'll you'll at least appreciate this. The logo for Ambulance, the LA is capitalized because it takes place in LA. Oh my yes, god. Get it. Kind of- Kill it. Kill this movie. <laughs> Kill this movie. <laughs> All right, yeah. No. Move on. It's fine. Okay. None of my thoughts have made it. It's whatever. Peter, you go next. Oh, uh, Okay, um, what should should make it? Uh, okay, I, I, I'm gonna pull for Prey. Prey is the movie uh, from a f- friend of the site, Dan Trachtenberg. He directed Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, this is his uh, Predator movie. It takes place in like uh, follows a Native American uh, woman who happens to be uh the the person you know basically her up against predator we don't really know much about this i honestly it's set like in the past really, too isn't it like set in like yeah it's a period or something yeah yeah way in the past yeah but um I, i'm all for seeing uh what trachtenberg can bring to a predator movie and he shot it in like calgary alberta canada it's like a very beautiful like wooded area i i I have a feeling it's going to be very cinematic and um you know he he knows how to uh rant uh uh, like ratchet up the tension and stuff like that and i feel like he's going to be the perfect person to do like to kind of reboot the predator franchise yeah i know i know dan's a fan i'm sorry a friend of the site he's been on the show before so it's my one hesitation by putting on this list but also (laughs) i think that He's the real deal. I think he's made terrific stuff, and I'm very excited for this, and I support this on the list. I think I'm the only one who didn't vote for this, and that's purely because I haven't seen a single Predator movie except for 
Alien versus Predator. Ooh, oh, no. wow. Yikes. Gross. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm a big fan of Dan Trachtenberg's work. I think that he's a great director. So, yeah, sure. All right. Do it. With Lock Prey and uh, kill something, Peter. Oh, I have to kill something. Um, I guess I'll kill something I voted for. And I really feel like I want to. Okay, yeah, I'll kill this. Uh, Jackass Forever. I think this this series has been so funny, and this has the potential to be kind of like uh, more emotional with these guys getting to be an age where they can't even do this anymore. But um, yeah, they, it, we just have so many slots, and I don't think it's, this is going to make it. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to go to bat for Jackass for because we don't have a lot of uh, comedy representation on this list, and I think that. Jackass Forever is going to be something that like will be will feel like a nice reunion because we haven't seen this like, you know, big group of idiots back together for a long time. The fact that this is going to be like pretty much the final outing for the crew that's been around for, gosh, 20, 20 years now, over 20 years, I think even. Um, I think that this it's it, you're right. It is going to have like a little bit of uh, an emotional core to it that we might not expect from such a stupid, you know, crazy stunt prank kind of movie. And uh, the, I, that legitimately, the trailer like kind of gave me gave me some feels. So I, I think that it should be on the list, if only for comedic representation. I, I voted for this because I've gotten a certain amount of pleasure out of these movies over the years. But I'm I'm with Peter. I I don't see it making our the, the six remaining slots. We can keep it in discussion for now if you want to, Brad. Hmm. Um. I will allow jackass to be cut if bros makes the list what i don't even know what that what is bro, i will bro, support i will support bros, bros is the bros is the billy eichner romantic comedy that is directed by nicholas stoller and produced by judd apatow it's 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 a it's a uh, gay romantic comedy yeah. like a mainstream big budget gay romantic comedy yeah billy eichner is starring in it he co-wrote it and uh nicholas stoller uh, he directed forgetting sarah marshall which i think is one of the best romantic comedies uh in recent memory I also love the Neighbors franchise. I think he's a, he's a great comedy director. Um, Avatar producing is a good sign to me. And I just think Billy Eichner getting to do a gay romantic comedy is is fantastic, especially a big studio romantic comedy. I yeah, like I, was, I, was, I would go to, I go to bat for Bros in a pretty big way. I'm actually really have – I kind of have a piece of my soul invested in this movie being good. So. All right. Yeah, I'm fine with Bros getting on the list. Sounds good to me. But the list, the slots that we have left are slowly narrowing. We only have five slots left after putting bros on. So does everybody agree if we, if we cut, we can cut Jackass forever, but put bros in the list? Is, is, is anybody opposed to that plan? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm I, fine I, with I, that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to arrange that. Okay. So I, um, I just want to point out right now, we have more films on discussion, in discussion, that are going to make the list. Maybe. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah, we should probably just put Ambulance on the list right now. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, and put it at number one. Like. <laughs> ben, pick, pick somebody to pick something. Uh, Chris, you go. Uh, I am going to go to bat for Blonde, which is the uh, Anna Diarmas movie where she's playing Marilyn Monroe. And uh, this has been delayed a few times. Uh, one of the reasons it got delayed is because it apparently has an NC-17 rating and it's a Netflix movie and they were hesitant to release it, but they finally agreed to do it. Uh, 
most of all, I'm, I'm excited because this is an Andrew Dominic film and Andrew Dominic directed uh, the assassination of Jesse James. He directed killing them softly, which I think is like one of the most underrated movies of the, you know, the last 10 or so years. And just the idea of, you know, the uh, big Marilyn Monroe movie, uh, it's based on a novel of the same name by Joyce Carol Oates. So it's, you know, it's like a fictionalized portrait of Marilyn Monroe. And I'm just really curious to see how Anna Diarmas plays Marilyn Monroe, because I think Anna Diarmas is a really good actress, but she also has a very distinct accent, which obviously Marilyn Monroe did not have. And I'm very curious to see if she you know loses that accent or if she uses it and they work it into the, the role. So Everything about this just just appeals to me. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how this turns out. So that would be my my pick to make the list. Yeah, I um I will say that I am in love with Ana de Armas right now, and the idea <laughs> of seeing her playing Marilyn Monroe is very exciting. And I'm also intrigued by the idea of how she pulls off Marilyn Monroe's signature, I guess, voice dialect, whatever you want to call it, because her accent does seem to be always seem to be fairly prominent in her performances. Uh, so yeah, curious, uh, excited, interested, um, definitely, definitely down for it. Well, here's the question, guys. We have five slots left. Are you more excited to see this on the list than Aquaman 2, Jurassic World, Havoc, Lightyear, Strange World, Ambulance, Blonde? Definitely Jurassic World I'm more excited about. Uh... <laughs> definitely Aquaman I'm more excited about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like it's the caliber to to beat a lot of those. I, I would support Blonde in this list if you guys supported Lightyear. Oh my oh. God, Jacob! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're go- you're going so hard for Lightyear over Strange World, a film that yeah. looks so so intriguing and so. We've seen promising. one piece of concept it art looks from Strange great. World. I have a I have a I have a proposal of story. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say maybe we make Lightyear and Strange World a combo entry since they are similar and make that make it the last slot on the list. That's kind of cheating though. I feel like that's cheating. Yeah, yeah, we can do whatever the hell we want. Who's going to who's going to complain? <laughs> yeah. As senior news editor, I'm I'm quashing that. Oh. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a great idea, but we we we, we got we got to stay firm. Okay. We can't cheat. In that case, I'm uh, removing my support from Lightyear. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I, but here's the thing I, 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 Blonde is really promising I would like to get more movies in discussion before we start locking down his final five if you guys, before, I, before, I, before I really throw myself behind Blonde how about, I mean, how, how about each of us cut one of the the last remaining what do you uh, from the list? Okay, yeah, sure. Like the who, who hasn't gone around yet in this, in this next round, though? After, oh, I don't after know. Been organizing. Yeah, I lost track. I, I have not been writing this down. I'm doing a bad job of, of keeping everything um, uh, listed. You haven't gone yet, Jacob. I, think. I haven't. Um, can, can I just go ahead and announce why I think we should cut? Because I'm excited for it, but also I, I'm hesitant now. Yes. Yeah. After Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends should not be on this list. I agree. Mm. Agreed. I, I don't. I didn't hate Halloween Kills, but I, it did take the wind out of my sails a little bit, and I'm less excited for Halloween Ends. But don't you want to know how Halloween ends? <laughs> it's in the title and everything. I mean, I, I kind of want to fight for it, but I'm also fine with moving this along. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to put up too much of a fight. I'll volunteer one. I think we we should cut Black Adam. Yes, I agree. Agreed. Yeah, I voted for it, but it, I'm also. We had the Flash on this list, and that's the really interesting DC project. Of this yeah, show. and uh, I'm, I think Dwayne Johnson will be playing Dwayne Johnson again, and that's the least yeah, interesting enough, thing you could do. Enough of that guy. Um, <laughs> I, I got one I want to cut, and it might be controversial, but um, I kind of want to see this. But Operation Fortune, I thought, had an awful trailer. Like, that trailer was really bad. I mean, look, I love 
Aubrey Plaza and I'm all for her branching out and playing, you know, a murderer and stuff like that. But I thought that trailer looked really bad. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, actually, as as intriguing as the, the cast and the premise sounds, I think that we can get rid of it. Yeah, I yep. voted for cast and premise, but the trailer's rotten. Let's cut it. Yep. All right, we have a few movies left. Uh, we can, everything here we can at least mention or move up to in discussion or cut. So just Babylon got less support here than I thought it would. The new Damien Chazelle movie uh, with Brad Pitt and many other people. Uh, I'm just, right now Babylon is just this prestige Oscar thing in the back of my brain. I have a hard time getting excited about it, even though I do like Damien Chazelle's movies. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I, I need a trailer. I'm I'm intrigued by seeing what he can do with such a big cast and uh, what what is supposed to be a period-set Hollywood uh, movie. But, I yeah, I, I need to see more before I can really get super excited about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, I'm fine with that, too, because I'm, I'm really intrigued. I've been hit or miss on Damien Chazelle, but I mostly have really liked his works, and I think that he's a really interesting director. But yeah, I'm fine with cutting it just because there's we don't know anything apart from the cast and the Yeah, for setting. the record, I think I think this is gonna rule, but I, I'm also fine cutting it from for right now. Yeah, I, I genuinely love all of his previous movies, but it's just it just I, I, I can't, you know, bag on Strange World for not having a trailer and then immediately go around and say Babylon. <laughs> so it's you know, I gotta be consistent. I don't I don't think the Lost City makes it a lot the final five guys. I don't think the Lost City makes it. It, it looks, looks fun. It looks fun, but yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fine I agree. It, it looks like this. romancing the stone again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Redux. Look for those of you who don't know what this is. I think it just a trailer just came out recently. You can check that out on slashfilm.com. But um, yeah, it'll probably be fun. But we got we got cuts to make here. You know, I think I think Bullet Train should just go on the list straight away. It's the only other movie that has five votes. That's that's remaining, and I think it's more interesting than any of the movies that are in the discussion. It's got a hell of a cast, and yeah, I'm, I, I'd be alright with that. I'm the only one who didn't vote for it because yeah. I am not a big fan of David Leach. I think yeah, Chaz was... is a more interesting and better, more competent of the John Wick directors, and Leach just—I uh, don't know—I've I haven't really been impressed by his films ever since he broke off and did uh, his own thing. I think Tom McBlonde is the best of it, but even then, it's just yeah. kind of you know diminishing returns i feel like top one's really good but deadpool deadpool, deadpool is fine but hobbs and shaw makes me far less interested in david leach as a filmmaker yeah. like yeah. on every possible yeah. level i forgot about that but, but 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 the idea of a bunch of assassins on a train with that <laughs> cast with david leach with something to prove after hobbs and shaw that's possibly interesting <laughs> can we put it in discussion for now Yes. Can, can I uh, can I say uh, Top Gun Maverick? We should remove from the list. Yes. The, Kill that shit. The, the, the first movie is not a good being... movie. I'm sorry. Whoever Wait. I know, people love Top Gun, but it's not a good movie. And I know this is Joseph Kaczynski, and I know it's uh, Tom Cruise, and it's like real planes. But I don't know. They're called know. jets, Peter. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Brad, I, I don't give a crap. <laughs> Peter's right. Top Gun is a bad movie, and Top Gun Maverick uh, is probably a bad Jacob, movie. Jacob, I've always hated your Top Gun hate. Uh, it, 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 it upsets me so much. I don't Brad, love Top Gun, but I love the volleyball scene. A vote for Top Gun is a vote for Reaganomics. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you could probably say the same thing about Back to the Future, though. So, Damn. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, look, I, I love Top Gun. Um, I would be okay with it not being on this list just because it was on our most anticipated of 2020 list, and I'm kind of tired of thinking about it because it's been so long. So I'm fine with, like, you know what, Top Gun, you had your chance. You missed your window thanks to COVID. I mean, it wasn't really your fault, but let's move on to something else. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Yeah, cut it. Whatever. All right. How about how do you feel about Turning Red? You got a Pixar movie I'm on actually this list. quite excited about Turning Red. I think the animation style might put might put people off because it's a bit more goofy, wacky Pixar animation style than you know, beautiful like Lightyear. Um, that's that's <laughs> why I like it though. I think it I think it stands out. Yeah, and I really like the the coming of age meets um, what transformation style type of story it's about this young girl who when she has a strong emotion she turns into a giant red panda i think hijinks will ensue i think it's very funny that it's basically the plot of an anime called ranma one half um and it's like kind of the plot of many animes and it's the feature directorial debut of domi shi who directed that beautiful uh pixar short bow and um i'm just i'm really quite excited about this one i think that it'll be really good what I, if I think that Bao is great and this movie sounds wonderful and I like the animation, but I think that trailer is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, same. That, that that trailer is so bad. I think I'm going to end up loving this movie and it's probably going to like hit me emotionally, but the trailer is not good. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I love the wild boy band energy of that trailer. I think it's fun. I can't say that I love the trailer, but I don't think it's nails on chalkboard. You guys are just being grumps. <laughs> I put turning red in, in discussion. We have one last movie we have not mentioned yet, and that's Moonfall. You know what? I think Roll we should just lock in Moonfall. I think we should lock it in. We should lock it in. Hundred yeah. percent. Let's do it. Yeah, let's lock it in. New Roland Emmerich. <laughs> the moon is falling. Okay, here's um. My, I did not vote for Moonfall, but and Brad, I did, Brad. Will you join me in welcoming Moonfall into our top 25? Yeah, I can, I, I, I can welcome Moonfall. I, I didn't vote for it just because, like, it's one of those movies where I'm excited to see just how wild and silly it is. So I'm not, like, genuinely excited about it, I guess you could say. But I think that it's it's silly enough that it, it probably does deserve to be on this list. I've actually seen Moonfall, but I'm not allowed to tell you what I think of it in public. So I do not object to it being on the list, though. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have uh, right, four slots. Four left? slots and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, so we, we got to pick four, I, cut five. I, I, I have a proposal here, Jacob. Okay. I think I think you're going to turn this down, but I have a proposal. Okay. Top twenty six movies. We each get to pick one movie to to make it from this in discussion. <sighs> I don't. I'm not against that, especially if it gets ambulance on the list, which is, all, which is like all I care you about know, at this it's point. Fine. Getting ambulance on that damn list. This is our list. We can do with with it what we want, right? P- people yeah. like odd numbers too. They click yeah. more on the well, odd numbers. Technically, twenty six is an even number. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like a, no, strange. I know what yeah. you meant. Yeah, not the not the traditional number. You know what? I, in the interest of each of us getting one more movie on this list from in discussion, I'm actually okay with that. All right. Let's all vote for ambulance and call it a day. <laughs> so let's go around the, the horn in the order that it's listed at the top of the dock here. So, Peter, you kick things off. Um, I'm going to choose Jurassic World. 
fine. Okay. Whatever. Well, this, is, this, this whole point was Peter's ploy to get Jurassic World on this list, and it worked. <laughs> no, oh, no, I, it. I was thinking of how we could get this down because this sounds like it would be an hour discussion if so otherwise. We're picking what we want on the list right now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, Chris, you're up. All right, I'm doing ambulance. Yes. <laughs> even though I, even though I really am excited for Aquaman, that ambulance trailer is so stupidly entertaining yeah this is a double win for me because i get ambulance and something else (laughs) (laughs) all right uh jacob see what ben did here ben picked the order at the top of the dock as he's last in it and he can make the final choice um do i go with my heart and pick lightyear (laughs) or do i go with my soul and pick havoc (laughs) because someone else may pick havoc but no one's gonna pick lightyear I already forgot what Havoc was. God, that title is bad. Get a, a better title. You know what? Lightyear's on our list, guys. <laughs> Damn it, Jacob. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. Uh, HC, oh, you're no. Up. This is the worst for me. I have two that I really want on the list. And now. So, so, so those who are at home, they can't see this list. What is on this list that, that HT and Ben are going to have to pick from? It's Aquaman, Havoc, Strange World, Blonde, Bullet Train, and Turning Red. HD pick Aquaman. I'm, I mean, you know what I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick Aquaman, but if Turning yes! Red doesn't get on the list, I'm going to be so upset. I mean, if Strange World doesn't get on the list, I'm going to be even more upset. All right. Uh, well, Aisha, you're about to be doubly upset no! because I'm picking Havoc for the final movie. Uh, Gareth Evans making another action movie. Wait, I have Brad picking before you. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, no, no it's fine. Spoiled it. No, no. He's, it's, it's good. He can have it. It's fine. Okay. Go ahead, Brad. You get the last pick. Um, I am going to go with. Oh. All right. So first of all, Brad, bear in mind that uh, turning red, bullet train, blonde, strange world. Wherever you do not pick, gets destroyed. It will never be seen. Wait. So is the list twenty-seven? Oh, yeah. What is twenty-seven? Peter, I, you you I, miscounted I, here. That's why I thought that Havoc was my choice because that's number twenty-six. Yeah, There's I, something. Uh, something. Let's make it twenty-seven. Let's do it. That's <laughs> not right there. I already broke my own rules, so I might as well let them break even further. Let's make a list of 27. Sorry. 27 most anticipated movies of next year. Hell yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. I like it. All right, Brad. Man, this is a tough, What's it gonna be? A tough world, choice. Strange world. <laughs> See, I, I didn't even vote for Strange World initially, and even though it does sound intriguing based based on what we've, we've talked about since then, I think that I, I'm going to go with Blonde. Yeah! Ooh. Wow! That's I'm a wild about that card. Choice. I was, I was yeah, expecting a wild card. Cut, I didn't expect so that at all. Yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, uh, uh, here, here's my thing. I, I'm gonna. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. You know, we should just even it out. It would, yeah, it would make it thirty. Yeah, yeah it would make it thirty. If we, yeah. include these, if we include Strange World, Bull Train, Turning Red, we have an even thirty. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Be legends. Come on. I can't believe guys. I can't believe it. Yes. Anything goes. It. It's the end right. of the world. We can do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everything makes it. Our 30 most anticipated movies of 2022. Up from up five because we have no self-control anymore after the <laughs> pandemic. It's fine. The world's right, ending, so like I said. Yeah. I'll read these off real quick and then we can wrap this thing up. So uh, this is not in the order that they will ultimately end up on the site. We're going to rank them based on our own interest. And that will be a separate article that you can read on SlashFilm.com. So I encourage you all to do that. But as we have them today right now, the locked-in choices are The Batman, John Wick 4, Thor, Love and Thunder, Don't Worry Darling, Mission Impossible 7, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, The Flash, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Creed 3, The Fablelands, Knives Out 2, Scream, Avatar 2, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Nope, 
The Northmen, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Prey, Bros, Moonfall, Jurassic World Dominion, Ambulance, yeah. Lightyear, Aquaman, <laughs> yeah! Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Woo! Havoc, Blonde, yes. Strange World, Bullet Train, and Turning Red. You know what? This is a solid this list. Is I a solid say, list. Yeah. This for is a solid list. For all the joking around, I actually am very happy with this list. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I think it's, uh, everything we like we fought over at the end, like I'm, I'm excited for Blonde, I'm excited for Strange World. I, I, I know why people were ambivalent about, about Lightyear, but it's like I'm, this looks like a really solid crop of movies, guys. Yeah, now I can't wait for all of them to be delayed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Peter, you want to like take us on out of here? Yeah, by the way, we're, we're going to be off on Thursday and Friday, so don't expect podcasts then. But we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back with Brad. Uh, ben, are you going to be joining us for the final Hawkeye? Or, or uh, it depends on how busy I am, but maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll be okay. a game time decision. Okay, you can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.